Hey, Craig. Anthony. Ah. Might be our quarterback. Okay. <laughs> that's a, that's my the most Freddie Mercury impression I will do. I love it. I no, like, one at that. I, like I think you get props just for even trying Freddie Mercury because I mean I definitely didn't go to that octave or anywhere yeah, near it. No, and and definitely without the uh, crazy vibrato too. Yeah, yeah, but you know I I I like I said a for effort uh, for thank sure. You. Thank you a very much. Effort. That's that's all. That's all. That's all I'm going for. Just trying hey. to do my best out here. Give 110%. That's what we're all trying to do right now. All right. Well. <laughs> this is a high-quality podcast. This and that is the podcast that you are listening to is Podcast versus Everyone. I am Craig Powers of com, and with me is the Lord and purveyor of com. <laughs> wow. Newskoog, wow. Jeff Newser. Wow. Lord. Lord. The, that, you know, like in, in feudal times. Yeah. No, that actually kind of fits kind of nicely right now because my kids are in the other room watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Ah, so, so you're, you're more of the Lord in terms of... Yeah, Star Lord. Well, my kids, my one of my my youngest in particular, Atticus. He he has this thing where all the time he's like, "Which Marvel character is your favorite?" They always ask me like, and I don't know what it is or why, but they but they ask me this all the time. What's your favorite blank? You know, favorite movie, favorite uh, song, favorite band, favorite. They're just trying to get whatever. to know you, man. I I guess, and I'm just like you know. So one of the things they ask me, and they do it repeatedly. They're like, "What's your favorite Marvel character?" And I'm like, "I've already told you, it's." peter quill he's my favorite like i'm just like whatever man so yeah star lord that's me except i'm the the am i coog lord coog lord i don't know man that <laughs> yeah i don't know I put, maybe i should uh float that on the bio and see how well that that goes over all right well what does his highness drink <laughs> for this particular occasion well, I will say I am actually not having a beer at the moment because I'm afraid if I do, Ooh. I'm going to, I know, I know. I, I am, I'm legitimately afraid right now that if I do, I'll actually fall asleep. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, let's not do that. But I will say this, that, uh, cause I've been, I, so I'm getting back. We talked about this kind of last week. I'm getting back on the school schedule, right? I'm getting back on, uh, the, the idea that I have to start, you know, being able to think earlier in the morning and whatever. So I got up early today and we were kind of talking about this off air. I spent virtually the whole day writing or handling website stuff, just doing different things. Uh, we're working on the, uh, United for Holinsky's hope campaign, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so I've been, I've been doing stuff at the computer all day which which is weird it kind of makes me tired and so i'm actually on like my third cup of coffee so it's it's like i'm getting back in the back in the swing of of the school year because if i don't uh then i'm gonna you know i I will get back to school and it'll be bad so i really don't want that to happen if i had coffee right now i would not sleep yeah yeah but i can talk about let's see so I could talk about a couple beers I had while I was camping last week. Uh, one was uh, Le- uh, Lemon Drop Pilsner by Mirage, which I know you have had because you had it when we were together at Flatstick. So um, that was super excellent. Um, I tend to like Pilsners that aren't like overly bready. I don't 
totally like that that sort of bready flavor um and this one uh, was a little more crisp and refreshing so an excellent uh an excellent summer pilsner i also had uh, a matchless off the cuff which is their uh sort of their old ale blend that they do each year i guess as a as an anniversary thing uh no it was just for this just for this year okay just for this anniversary got it uh mine was completely flat and i don't out of the bottle and i don't know if it was supposed to be that way but if it was it just wasn't very pleasant it tasted just kind of like syrup so I don't know if I got if I just got a bad one uh, or what, but um, that was a little disappointing because I was I was kind of looking forward to that one and I'd been saving it and then I opened it and and uh, wasn't quite what I was expecting. So anyway, yeah, I, I will at some point. Uh, I have a couple bottles from Hair of the Dog Brewing and and they're, they're kind of uh, two different variants of the same beer. Um, since I have those, I, I kind of wanted to wait until we were podcasting together to share them with you. But Hair of the Dog is kind of famous for having a flat beer. So it's like kind of traditionally English to have flat beer. Okay. And that old ale you had was in uh, a bit of an English style. And so that it may have been somewhat on purpose. I'd be surprised if it was meant to be totally flat. But yeah. Um, who knows? Uh, maybe in the barrel blending, it, it just didn't get carbonated or anything, you know, when they put the beers together and maybe they didn't do a kind of um they they didn't do any um uh usually you'll put in some kind of a finishing sometimes you'll put in like finishing yeast to build up that carbonation Uh um or some breweries will just force carbonate but um but for a type beer like that you wouldn't typically do that so it so that that's pretty interesting i i I haven't had it so I, i couldn't tell you um um, I, I'm sometimes I, I like to go on Untapped and just see what other people said, uh, see if anyone else is having that yeah, issue. Yeah, and it seemed like other people liked it. Like so, I was looking at the other reviews, and I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just got a weird bottle. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, who knows? But that's all right. How about you? What you drinking, dude? Um, well, I uh, I'm harking back to my Vermont days. Um, I have a brewery from. Quite f- famous, or uh, I guess famous in a certain like group of of people. Um, uh, uh, a beer from Alchemist Brewing, mm. and no, it is not Hetty Topper. Um, That's which, like so, like two thousand and nine. Uh, no, yeah. So I'm this, just kidding. Well, <laughs> Hetty Topper would probably be more like two thousand twelve. Would probably be more. Uh, they they started canning it and like. 2011 2012 and then just blew up from there so maybe you could you could get get a you know get away with like 2014 uh but then the then the hazies the true hazies started right. coming out hazies but took it, over but this isn't hazy this isn't even an ipa although it does have a bit of a hot bite this is beelzebub Ooh. um american imperial stout which they've Pleasantly been making for evil yeah uh but I don't know how Beelzebub is typically supposed to be spelled, but it is it typically B E E L Z E B U B. Yeah. Um, so they've done a bit of a play on that, and on the the can art, there's a B. Um, so I like that, uh, considering uh, that is my daughter's name uh, spelled differently. But so it's Beelzebub, but the B's got. <laughs> Kind of drawn so it looks like his. That's, no way. That's 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 got to be the first time in history that anyone ever like willingly compared their daughter to the devil. So, wow. good job. 
Beelzebub <laughs> doesn't stand for being a bee. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, uh, continue. Tell me about this drawing. Uh, no, it's just uh, it's a drawing of a bee, and it, oh. and, it, um, and he kind of looks like his like top antennae. They might have curved him a little bit to give him sort of a a hornish okay. appeal but yeah, it's it's yeah. quite a detailed drawing of a bee it's kind of cool but and then they have this like what they do with all their other non-heady topper cans they have these like hops all over this kind of hop and then it, but it's black and uh yeah it's so they used to this is one of their beers back uh alchemist started as a brew pub in uh waterbury vermont and they actually uh, were Hetty Topper. What had sort of a super kind of like uh, cult following back then. Like people would go uh, go to like you, but it, there were, there was no way to get it out of the pub um, legally. Uh, so um, uh, people would go to Vermont just to try Hetty Topper. And then Beelzebub was another one of their regular beers they had on draft there all the time. Um, but so so one thing people would do with Hetty Topper. Uh, back then is they would um, uh, take it to the bathroom, pour it in some sort of uh, container, and then uh, sell it on eBay back before that that was beer nerdery back in the day mm-hmm. um, before they started canning it and then when they canned it it was like I lived in Vermont at the time it was like crazy um, really hard to get like you you know you, uh, shops would have to limit it to one uh, four pack per person all the time, and it would still go like you'd be gone in like a day. And there was only like the only place you could get like a case of it was at the brewery when they opened. So they so what happened was that old brew pub got well flooded a couple times, and the second time it got flooded for Hurricane Irene, um, they actually uh, said screw this, we're going to move up the hill. Um, and they, uh, they moved up the hill a little bit in Waterbury, built a, built out a production brewery, just started cranking out Hetty Topper. They didn't really have much time to do much else because Hetty Topper was selling so well. Um, eventually they would do these sort of like limited can releases where they would just set up a truck and, uh, we'd go down, wait in line and they'd have, you know, other beers other than Hetty Topper. Um, and so that was, that was pretty interesting. They would have these really simple cans. Uh, but now, um, right after I left, uh, about the year after I left, they, um, and they were building it when I was, uh, there, but in Stowe, which is, uh, um, uh, about t- 10 miles up the road from their, uh, from their production brewery, they built a larger brewery with like a visitor's center. Uh, what happened is they had a visitor center in the other one. Uh, but what happened was it just got overwhelmed with people coming. All, all you could really do is sample like an, two ounces of Hetty Topper, but like people would freak out and come there and the bathrooms like were over, like they just didn't have the water supply and like all this stuff. And like their neighbors are complaining because people are like parking all over the place. Um, so, uh, they actually ended up building a, a visitor's center, um, in Stowe, a much larger space with like a parking lot and everything. And, and now they, they've got the capacity to brew other beers other than Hetty Topper all year round. And so one of them that they brew quite often is Beelzebub. Um, so this is definitely harkens back to an, uh, older styles of stouts. Uh, it, uh, it is called an American Imperial Stout. And when you put American in front of something, uh, that, typically means hoppy um and this is certainly a very it's an eight percent big stout so it's got a lot of like maltiness in there but it's it's still very hoppy it definitely like touches the realm of a black ipa if you remember those 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 were a thing um that you rarely see anymore thankfully um but so 
So it's it's definitely like it's not like now like the trend is very sweet stouts and you know you're definitely not getting these hoppy stouts anymore. It's got a lot of good roast malt character. Like it's very dark. Obviously, it's stout and it's got a touch of sweetness, but it's heavily balanced out and even kind of overpowered by this kind of um, like kind of pretty bitter back end. Like like it's got a bitterness that Hetty Topper has. Um, but it, in a stout. And so it's, it's kind of like this kind of, uh, stout cousin of Hetty Topper. And, um, it's, it's pretty interesting cause it just reminds me of, I got, I remember when black IPAs first came out, I was just into all things super hoppy. And, uh, so I, um, I would have just loved a beer like this, like in maybe like 2010 to 2013 or something. Um, I would have just like, just wanted to crush these all day you know this big dark stout with like tons of hop character mm-hmm. now it's not my it's not my favorite thing it's not bad but it's a really it's a really good beer but it's just like it's not what i'm looking for but it's kind of funny i was thinking i rarely even drink in uh, a, a a small like a stout under 10 percent anymore and i rarely ever drink a stout that hasn't been put in some sort of barrel or oak or something. So yeah. it's it's kind of like, it's, it's definitely taken me back a little bit to drink this beer. Uh, uh, a nice friend uh, gave it to me. Um, she had picked it up like in a trade or something and, and she had a few extras. And so she uh, gave that to me. She knew I used to live in, she knew I used to live in Vermont. Um, you actually met her, Jeff. I think she was at my house for uh, uh, that bottle share you came over for. Yeah. Um, uh, her name is Sarah, like your wife. Mm-hmm. um but uh, easy to remember yeah um so uh so yeah this is uh this is pretty interesting and yeah it's definitely a little throwback for me um to drink such a big hoppy stout and even just such a big hoppy or big bitter like have something with such a bitterness profile that you don't you don't even see in ipas really anymore um so yeah it's pretty interesting um and i always always love to drink a beer from vermont i loved my time there and it, it's pretty cool to uh get to revisit some of these beers i had in the past but um i don't think we do ratings anymore and i don't want to do that i don't want, eh. to, I don't want to rate a beer i, th- I think you, you, you it's you good can get it's yeah it's good it's just not my not my thing anymore <laughs> it's always like we're always like doing these ratings it's like well we're generally only going to pick beers that we pretty much know are good so yeah yeah you know <laughs> it's not like we're doing a blind taste test of i don't know cores or pbr or something and like hmm. yeah exactly Anyway, yeah, cool, man. So, cool. Um, anything I'm, is is there anything going on in WSU football? Uh, no, but uh, I there there are a few things. But I think before we get into that, yeah, um, I want I want to uh, talk a little bit about, about something cool that uh, we are doing with our friend Britton Ransford and his company Butte Brand. And uh, and also kookvan.com, uh, together with kookcenter.com. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something we did uh, last year, not with Britain, but Britain was designed it last year, but not as his, as the, uh, the purveyor of the product. Uh, the, but um, So that that's our United campaign. That's spelled with a three mm-hmm. as the E, um, which obviously is there for Tyler Holinsky. And so uh, this is um, United, obviously, uniting a... a uh, multiple organizations here. I, if you want to call Kooks here an organization, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think we meet the definition. Yeah, um, but uh, uh, just to cut to uh, raise money and then ra- raise money and raise awareness of the Helinski's Hope Foundation. And Jeff, why don't you uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I've I've talked before about how um, you know this 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 is something that's that's near and dear to me. Um, I consider Mark and Kim Holinsky to be to be dear friends. Um, I've you know had the had the privilege of getting to know them, uh, you know, over the last couple of years uh, with uh, a relationship with Mark that started. Um, you know, before Tyler's death, um, just talking football. And, and then, uh, it's a relationship that grew, uh, closer as, um, you know, the months and, and years have gone by, um, since Tyler's passing. So, um, they truly are, you know, incredible people, uh, who are determined to do, uh, the most good, um, with this, you know, this awful thing that, that happened to their son and their family. Um, and they're determined to try and help other people, uh, try and prevent, uh, this from happening to other people. And so, um, you know, last year we, we did the United campaign again with Kook fan, uh, Britain designed the shirts and, and we did really, really well. Uh, I think we raised about $14,000 altogether, maybe a little more than that, um, which is, is super remarkable. Um, this year, and, and I think this is to be expected, you know, things are going a little more slowly, out of the gate. Um, you know, again, you know, it's, it's not as fresh as it was last fall. Um, you know, particularly, uh, you know, with the fact that Tyler would have been the starter and, you know, again, his, his death was, was less than a year old at that point. Um, there was a strong sense of rallying around the Halinskis. Um, and, and so, you know, like the, the t-shirt sales went bonkers, um, a little bit slower this year. Like I said, that that's understandable, but I'm hoping that we can, we can sort of crank it up here. We're about halfway through our campaign. Uh, it runs until August 25th. So as we record now, we're about halfway through. Um, we've sold a couple hundred t-shirts. Um, we'd really, really, really like to get to at least 500. I set a goal of 800. So we're about 25% of the way there. Um, if we get to 800, we should be able to donate about the same amount that we donated last year. Um, but if we can at least get to 500, that's when we really maximize uh, the return because of the, you know, the cost of, of printing and, and that and shipping and that sort of stuff. So, um, so if you haven't bought your shirt yet, please do. Um, if you're, if you're not, you know, all that familiar with what Helinski's hope does, or if you're just thinking, um, listen, and I can tell you that uh, the Helinskis, Mark and Kim, uh, and, and Kelly also, uh, their oldest son, they work pretty relentlessly and pretty tirelessly to uh, forward the mission of Helinski's Hope, um, which is designed to you know reduce stigmatism uh, around mental illness, to get uh, student athletes in particular the help that they need uh, if they are hurting or or in you know any kind of uh, mental distress. Uh, they've they've already partnered. They're partnering with the NCAA. Um, I know they were recently down at UCLA for a workshop with some student athletes down there. Um, you know, and then in the last year, they've also sponsored some, some workshops, uh, at WSU and Eastern Washington and Idaho. Um, they are doing very real things, uh, with the money that's being donated to the Helinski's Hope Foundation. So, um, so please, 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 pretty please with sugar on top, get yourself a t-shirt, um, about half or a little more than half of the cost of the t-shirt, uh, goes to Helinski's Hope. Um, and, and it's just a cool thing to be able to wear, you know, when you wear it to, uh, you know, wear it to a football game or wear it around town or whatever, um, and somebody sees it, 
it, it's sort of an outward expression of, of what you believe in and what you stand for. And it's this idea that, you know, we don't have to let um, what happened to Tyler happen to anybody else. Uh, you know, Tyler obviously was a kid who uh, looked like he had everything in the world going for him. And, and really, he should be starting his, you know, second and final year um, at the helm of our football program. And it's a tragedy, frankly, that he's not. And so um, anything we can do to try and uh, keep that from happening to any other family or any other kid, um, we should be doing. And, and this is this is our little way of doing that um, and helping the Holinskys uh, spread that message and, and give really give athletic departments and, and student athletes the tools um, that they can use. And, and that's really their focus is practical tools, the tools that they can use to prevent a tragedy like this from happening again. So, um, if you're, if you're not sure where, how to buy it, just go to kookcenter.com. Uh, you'll see, you know, we've got some posts. I'm going to try and do some posts over the next few days, kind of highlighting some of the very tangible things they've done. Uh, you know, you can also go to buttebrand.com and you'll find the Helensky's Hope fundraiser, um, there as well. So huge thanks to Britain for partnering with us this year. Huge thanks to kook fan for everything they're doing to uh to promote this and uh yeah let's let's make a difference together yeah and i have to say like if you had the shirt last year which which i did um well mine doesn't fit very well anymore but uh, <laughs> uh but but uh i i think the uh the design this year is di- it's a little different and i think i think a little cooler looking even <laughs> like and yeah. the, i think the shirts are uh are, are a little bit more quality um yeah. and uh maybe more comfortable than than last year's shirt so uh, i think the 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 gray is a little darker so it might might fit for you to wear to that all anthracite day on uh, september 21st so yeah um so i, and the I shirts think, should arrive by then they should yeah. be there it should be to you in your hands by about mid-september yep so that'd be perfect timing to uh wear that to the all answer right but there is a wide option as well you know for your road your road trips yeah um because uh, we do actually have to wear white on the road um yeah. so you can you can match the cougs with that and and i will say that um it helps if you buy um like if, if you have you know family member friend that wants one too it helps if you buy a, a couple at a time because it cuts into your uh to the shipping yep. uh, it makes it it makes it easier on you on the shipping yep. end you're gonna so. pay six dollars shipping for each order so if you can bunch up all the better yeah so you know yeah uh, if, if maybe your uh your partner wants one maybe your kid needs yep. one i don't know like so and they've so, got yeah. they do have women's and kids shirts yep. i ordered shirts for sarah and myself got her a women's shirt got me a men's shirt and uh yeah so yeah so very cool. Um, I'm excited to uh, get that shirt, rock that shirt again. Um, you know, the other one's a little, it's a little big on me now that I've uh, lost a bit of weight. But, uh, yeah, I feel it. But yeah, um, kind of an awkward transition here, but uh, I mean, it, 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 it's uh, we can we can talk about we're, we're talking about Tyler Holinsky, who you know should have been the starter this year, and he's not. Uh, but so what we've been looking at is, is finding, you know, his, his replacement the last two years and last year was Minshew. And this year, um, we've, we've seen a a QB battle probably, um, bigger than what we uh, expected. And, uh, and, uh, so last year we saw, it was pretty, I think it was pretty clear that Tinsley was the backup to Minshew. Seemed like it. Yeah. Um, so he, um, he came in in an early season blowout and had an issue with his belt or something. I can't remember his hip pads or something. <laughs> That's and right. He came out and something then, like that. And then Gordon ended up um, taking some reps and then yeah, threw an interception actually. But um, but Anthony Gordon and, and so uh, 
But so last year it looked like Anthony Gordon was uh, number three on the depth chart for sure. Um, and then this year, uh, before spring ball, they bring in Gage Gabrud, another grad transfer, and it and it's really seemed, you know, up until recently that he yeah. was he was kind of the anointed one to be the uh, starter this year. Seemed like that's why they brought him in. Same reason why they brought Minshew in last year because yep. they just didn't they weren't really sure with what they had. And um, but you know, uh, in at the spring game. Uh, yeah, obviously Gabru didn't play in that, but Anthony Gordon was far and away the best quarterback at the spring game. Um, definitely the most impressive looking guy. Um, he kind of uh, made some good throws and and uh, uh, showed a little bit of mobility, more mobility than you expected, especially for a guy of his size. Uh, he's about six three, two twenty, I think, around right now. Um, definitely has a pretty solid arm, which we saw when he was in his one JC year um when he played with Aesop winston of course um but uh but yeah so uh this year the uh, so we've been thinking it was gabrud all along but jeff uh, you know it's kind of looking like uh mr gordon is going to be the quarterback yeah in fact uh, theo lawson just tweeted i've learned through a source anthony gordon will be getting two-thirds of the quarterback reps at wsu practice this week another strong hint the redshirt senior will be starting for the cougars on august 31st and after you know, Leach kind of said the uh, for the second time that, hey, you know, if if we were having a game today, Anthony Gordon would be our quarterback. Is like, nah, that's that's it. It's done. It's done. And it's and it's so crazy too because, um, you know, a week ago, right when we recorded this, we, we you know we were we were sort of like, well, you know, it's a good sign that we haven't heard that Gabrud can't you know, is, is floundering, you know, and that seems like he's pretty much on track. And, and we were of the same mind as everybody else that, um, you know, that Gabrud was brought in, you know, presumably to be the starter. Um, and not necessarily that the job was just going to be handed to him, but at the same time, it was, they pretty actively pursued, you know, Gabrud. It, it wasn't a situation where, you know, Gabrud just sort of showed up on their doorstep and they went, yeah, okay. You know, I mean, they worked hard to help him get eligible, right? I mean, right. you know, there's sort of all of this stuff. And now it's, it's, uh, he's, he's not going to be the guy. And, and, you know, I, I, I think on some level we knew intellectually that, yeah, of course, Mike Leach is going to make it a competition and somebody's going to have to actually win the job. But I think, you know, we just sort of, you know, poo-pooed the idea that, well, you know, maybe somebody else looks so much better that they pass him. But if it's sort of neck and neck, then, you know, it's probably going to be Gabrud, right? I mean, why else do you bring him in? And then here we are a week later and, and it's Anthony Gordon. And it's, uh, that, that is a pretty wild, uh, pretty wild trip to take over, over the course of a week. And also, um, goes to show that, that we really don't know shit. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, yeah. we, we think we do and we're watching and we're like analyzing it from 50. I mean, that's what a podcast is. I mean, if we're not talking out of our asses from time to time, then there's really no point in, the, in doing any of this. But uh, it, it's, it's, it's super crazy. And yet, you know, I feel good about it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I, you know, I watched him at the spring game. And I, I was like, yeah, like they look like him and Tinsley both looked good, except Gordon made some, uh, I, I don't know how, how quite to put bigger throws, right? right. Like, he, like he had some throws that you were like, oh yeah, that's a big boy throw. I, I think he had, 
he had one to the sideline that just was sort of like a whoa kind of throw where he kind of dropped it in the bucket between, you know, like, like over the top of the corner playing zone and then in front of the safety playing zone. And I can't remember if it was to Renard Bell or Aesop Winston, maybe you remember, but, but I just remember Elsa was sort of drunk. And so, but I just remember being like, I just remember being like, Oh my God, what a throw. You know I mean? It was this great, just gorgeous throw um so you know like I, I walked away from that game thinking hey if this guy ends up as the starter i mean i feel i feel like he'd be fine you know and so i you know i don't know where his ceiling is i, I know at this time last year i felt like uh gardner Minshew's ceiling was like okay you know and obviously that ended up not being the case right so you know i I'm excited. It's a really cool story, I man. I know I'm just kind of rambling on all these different tangents, but like, I don't know, like it's a, uh, it's a cool deal. And, and, and it's, you know, I, I think it's uh, pretty incredible that, you know, Mike Leach really did make it an open competition and, um, you know, good for Gordon that he, that he went out and won the job. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what we want to say here is he, he won the job. Like this, this guy came in with lots of credentials, you know, 11,000 yards passing and at the right. FCS level. Like 1,200 passing yeah, attempts. Yeah, like he's he's run, you know, an offense to great success. And um, but and Gordon hasn't had, you know, hardly any live action uh, play in, in, uh, in uh, college football other than in at the JC level. And so um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to watch him sort of just watch him well he's put on weight since he arrived when he was a pretty skinny dude um and so he's a little more sturdy he looks like a starting quarterback now you know he's a big dude he's, yeah. he's got a he's got a strong arm and and he's really you know the, the last like it, we, we we talked about spring ball but the the last two scrimmages like hit the the video that we've got seen from that like he's he's made like just really impressive throws yep uh beautiful spiral you know he looks like a freaking quarterback man like mm-hmm. but like it but it, it's just like um he can spin it better than any quarterback we've had since Connor Halliday I, yeah, I, I feel I confident say probably saying that. yeah yeah he's got well yeah I, I I think that is uh that is very true and and he's definitely the uh the most imposing or I guess, well Falk was what six fox six three roughly six four six yeah he's six four but probably not taller yeah a little taller probably a little thinner at least when he was you know coming in but but i I think like he gordon does have just uh some some of that pocket mobility that we saw from maybe not to the level of Minshew, but we'll see how how well he Minshew just had was very adept at um, avoiding sacks and we, we, we don't know exactly you know we haven't heard Mike we we heard Mike Leach talk about how Gabrud and Gordon were both uh, solid at avoiding uh, sacks and, and that that was a huge part of you know obviously the offensive line was very good last year but a huge part of of just the huge drop in sack rate that we saw was just that Minshew just did not take sacks and and, and we saw Falk definitely did before he was a <laughs> yeah. guy that would take a sack and but Minshew just refused and and you know a couple times it was an interception but most of the time it was 
you know, a throwaway, or and then sometimes it was a huge play because he didn't take a sack, you know. Yep. Um, so, and I think Gordon may, maybe actually, you know, Minshew wasn't really even that fast, so I, I don't really no. know. Like, like what, what we said around, like he ran like a five flat or four nine. Yeah, or something. it, it like, was not fast. Like, and so, so yeah, you know, I, I think Gordon, like he looks like from his uh, college highlight, his community college highlights, and then what we've seen uh, in, in just the spring games the last couple of years. Um, he does have the, a, a little bit of mobility. Um, so, you know, he's not going to be running around, probably not like the type of, like, Gabrud where he can break off a big run or something. But he, he what what we definitely want and what we were spoiled with last year was a guy that will just not, like, get get this negative play on first down and second down. And that'll just, that just sets you, sets you back. Yep. Because as much as it's a passing offense, it's very much a um, – it's 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 not a it's not as much a big play offense although no with a guy you know uh, we like you said you know Gordon probably has a bigger arm than our last couple quarterbacks and so who knows you know um, yeah he you know the the thing I think that separated him from Gabrud is exactly that that he the offense was more explosive with him at the helm um, you could see it in the spring game you know it was kind of noted during camp uh, that you know that that kind of he was leading more big plays and then it happened in the the last scrimmage you know i mean there was a massive difference in yards per attempt um and i think one of the things that makes the air raid explosive um that, that a lot of people don't always realize you know it, it's like explosive plays don't always come or, or often mostly don't come from deep throws like that's right. not the typical explosive play. Um, the typical explosive play is much more likely to be something that's, you know, an intermediate pass where you throw it to someone who's got a ton of, you know, green in front of them, right? I mean, look for, you know, however many years with River Craycraft, our most most explosive uh, pass play was a play called Y Cross, where, and, and people, you know, if you, if you watched the game closely, you can visualize this in your head. You know, Craycraft would just sort of, you know, do this little diagonal route uh, over the top of the linebacker, but in front of the safety. And inevitably, he'd find this soft spot, you know, after he was kind of approaching the far hash, and he'd catch the ball right there. And, you know, he's either, you know, picking it up for, for 15 yards, or if he catches it and runs, you know, the, the X receiver on the left has carried the corner and the safety out of there, and there's just all this space to run. And so you get these explosive plays from throwing to guys on time and with space in front of them. And that was something that um, Luke Falk got very bad at <laughs> by the time he was right. a senior. That's where if you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait, um, those holes close up, right? There are no more, you know, big, wide open, you know, green spaces to throw into. Um, Minshew was pretty good at that last year, throwing guys into it. I think there's a chance, you know, with, with Gordon having been in this system now for, you know, for four years, basically. Right. I mean, he's a, he's a fifth year senior. Um, he came as a sophomore, played one year of community college where he was uh, an academic qualifier. So he didn't have to play the two years there before he could transfer. Um, you know, for ultimately that's what you want is that a guy has repped it so many times 
that he knows where the throw is supposed to go almost automatically and and can give it to the guy in you know on time in rhythm with space in front of him to get those explosive plays and and I think that's really um, that's really at least what I'm hoping for is that maybe we get a, a return to an even more explosive offense. I mean, I know we're going to have a tough time living up to to last year, particularly with the way that, that Minshew improvised. But um, I, I think there's a reasonable chance. And, I, you know, maybe this is just, uh, you know, the optimism of preseason talking. But I think there's a reasonable chance that the passing game uh, is as good as it has been since maybe 2014 which was sort of our peak air raid season under mike leach holy shit i know um yeah and again that could just be optimism maybe we are we are uh but i'm excited we are as the instagram um account coog classics pointed out we are tyrone brackenridge days away from uh, uh, but we're also Connor Holiday days away from yes. the season as yes. we record this. So, um, <laughs> so that's a, a great, uh, a, a, a great uh, uh, person to point out. Um, obviously, we we always preach um, the greatness of 2014 and how it was Heck tragically yeah. shut sh- cut short. Um, we're never going to let anybody forget that. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Uh, if if Gabrud is healthy during spring ball, do you think this is different? I don't. All I right. don't. I you know maybe, but um, I you know I mean I, I'll say this. Uh, you know Gabrud was, you know he was around. He was watching film. He was taking mental reps. He was you know participating in you know a handful of stuff. He didn't do like really a lot of team stuff because they didn't want. Um, you know, as we found out there was surgery involved with what he, uh, with, with the injury that he suffered. So they really didn't want any kind of a setback there. So, you know, they didn't want him getting, you know, stepped on or accidentally rolled over or whatever. But, um, you know, I mean, he got to throw the ball around. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I really, I really don't. I think, I just think Gordon, I, I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but, you know, Theo Lawson takes, uh, you know, stats of every practice. And, you know, one of the things that he came up with was that the last, you know, whatever, 25, uh, you know, possessions or whatever, like 25 touchdowns, zero interceptions. And those aren't really like full drives, you know, so it's not quite the same as a game, but it's definitely like, you know, you're throwing a ton of passes and, you know, putting the ball in the end zone and, and... very, yeah, that was for Gordon in various situations. He's not through interception. So I don't know, man. I, I, I think we kind of have to look at this a little differently and say, you know, I don't think Gabrud did anything wrong. Um, I just think Gordon went out and won the thing and, and by doing really well. That's badass. Um, uh, but of course, because these, uh, but it's, it's funny and it's just a way you know, to show that we kind of assumed Gabrud uh, was going to be the starter and it seemed uh, WSU did as well um, because uh, Gabrud was named to the Johnny Unitas Award watch list today. Um, uh, today. Uh, so it's kind of funny to see um, uh, the, the Cougar football social media accounts promote that. Yeah, that was becoming, unfortunate. As, as it's, I mean, they're going to promote. They're they're obviously promoting every time a guy's on the list, but like, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of looking like he's not going to throw many passes. So. No, probably not. Yeah, but you so. know, I mean, look, it's it's good that he's that we've got him. I mean, I don't think it's oh, yeah. you know, I don't think like, it's a waste. I mean, if something were to happen to Gordon, or if it turns out that he actually is terrible, um, you know, you feel pretty good about about the next guy up. Yeah, we definitely do. Yeah, and I, I think we've we've said it even before, even the third guy. So. 
um, even Tinsley. So I think yep. WSU's, you know, they say if you have if you have two starters, then you have none. Well, I think the WSU has three starters, and they actually have three this year. So <laughs> um, I think that's probably true. I would feel less confident with Tinsley. Yeah. Um, but the top two guys, for sure. I mean, I feel I feel good again if something were to happen to uh, or something were to happen to Gordon, then then you know Gabrud would would certainly feel okay. And, uh, and I like, I like that spot. And, and, you know, to be honest, I mean, look, we've, we've reached the point in, in, you know, Mike Leach program stage or whatever, where you just go, I, you know, whoever he puts back there is going to be fine, at least fine. Yeah. You know? and, and we saw it in Texas Tech, he had some fifth year seniors. Yeah. Started one year and he had three um, of them in a row. Yep. Three of them in a row. And they were all awesome. Yep. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we won't have three in a row, but unless no. there's a grad transfer waiting <laughs> in the wings would, again, but still, uh, still won't be a fifth-year senior. So yeah, yeah. so um, so yeah, so that's a very uh, cool, interesting. Um, uh, one thing I, it, it kind of shows is, is Leach is not full of shit when he's no, uh, he's talking really about not. some of these things about uh, you know kind of this Pete Carroll. Everyone's got to compete yeah. for their jobs, and I, I mean we saw it. Um, we saw it in 2015 when uh, Booby came on as a, a redshirt freshman and Keith Harrington, who had had a pretty solid yep. year as the kind of third running back and, and, yep. and ha- brought this kind of wrinkle in the screen game and stuff. He just totally became a special teams player. And yep. and, and uh, when, when Booby came on, so we know that um, it, it, Leach is going to put, especially on offense, like what, the, what he has the control of, he's going to put the guys in there that um that he thinks are the best so yep um and and this this is uh proving to be another example of that which is pretty cool and and, and if you're a player on that team and you're a backup right now that's got to make you feel pretty good so yeah i mean is there are tons of examples of it luke falk and tyler brugman right obviously yeah. you got that um just last fall you know defensive tackle right you had they'd recruited uh jonathan lolo Hea, right to play defensive tackle well he finds himself buried on the you know behind uh you know taylor, taylor comfort on the depth chart and he's just like you know what screw this i'm out of here and it's like <laughs> You know, Taylor Comfort gets put on scholarship before his senior season. And, you know, I mean, it's they really it's really not lip service. If you can play, you're going to play. And, um, you know, good for him. man. it's such a cool story for Gordon to just sit there and sit there and sit there. And, um, you know, and I'll say also from, you know, when I sat in the QB, uh, the QB room film session with Leach and the quarterbacks. Um, you know, there's just kind of something about Gordon. He's a different personality than our previous two quarterbacks. Um, he's definitely got some of that California cool. He's from the, from the Bay area. Um, he's just kind of got this real laid back personality, but, uh, but there's a little bit of a swagger to it. it. It's sort of like this confidence, like, like I can do this, you know, um, is pretty crazy. So I, yeah, I I'm excited. I'm really, you know, the unknown is, is the, it's the allure of the unknown, right? Like maybe this guy is amazing. Um, I'll probably have to temper my expectations, but at any rate. Yeah. Well, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch it, but, uh, but what I'm not excited to do, but we're overdue for is, uh, <laughs> is a commercial break. So commercial break. Here we go. And we're back. We're back. Jeff, you still feel pretty good about that? Maybe it could be 2014 levels of air raid? You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. You know, he's look at who he's throwing to and look at, you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you were talking about Craycraft, and I was like, man, if we had that guy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But instead, we've just got, you know, three 
uh, X receivers, all of whom could play, but all of whom can't play. So that's and, that'll probably be a topic for another podcast. And, and two Zs and uh, and two Zs and yeah, it's it, they it's it's pretty wild how loaded we are at receiver, but we are not apparently loaded at offensive line. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's become apparent in the last couple scrimmages. Yeah, and I think was probably a little apparent in the spring game as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, we just didn't want to think about it. No, because um, we just wanted to drink and have fun in Pullman. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, all of those so, are true. So obviously, uh, we had a. Uh, one of our writers, Kevin Dudley, was at practice, um, and uh, he, as well as um, others, have observed uh, that when that uh, backup, when the backups come in um, on the O line, uh, there's a significant drop off, um, and and that's uh, a little bit scary. Yeah, it, you know, I th- I think it's it's sort of interesting because yes, on the one hand, it, it's sort of scary. But on the other hand, we've, uh, you know, I can't think of a major offensive line injury in the last couple of years during the season. Can you like, uh, like I, I'm trying to think. Why would you say that? I, I know, I know, but but no, I don't believe I in that. No, so. I, I know, I know, I don't, I don't either. But, but but yes, you're you're right. I I, I can't. Brian um, Anderson would be on here scolding me about the football gods. But, I think one of the but things, I don't believe in your one of the things gods. that that helps. Uh, is our style of yeah, I blocking. Uh, we don't have the o- alignment. I believe that's true. Uh, running across each other as much as we do have them pull sometimes, but um, it's not. They're not kind of uh, uh, doing the crack, cracking back on, right. on guys and 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 maybe because what you see at O line injuries is often friendly fire. Yep. Um, so or run blocking. Yeah. You, know, you get you're, you're so pushing just, a guy downfield. Yeah. You get rolled up on. We're just sort of thing. we're spacing guys out. They're farther apart. Yep. Um, so maybe there's some some uh, some magic to that in terms of injuries, but also I, I think our strength and conditioning program is top notch. All those guys are wearing like braces all the yep. time. Like it's, a, um, but uh, yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, we, we definitely have a great uh, top five offensive line, and but uh, um, you know. Uh, hopefully uh, they uh, they stay healthy because uh, what we've seen is uh, maybe uh, maybe the second level is not ready and and I don't and again I don't really think that's something to worry about for like future years or whatever but because these guys uh, offensive line is in, unless you're kind of a prodigy uh, yep. like um, Abe like Lucas or um, Liam Ryan or something. They're a little younger when they step in, and, and they but they uh, uh, or Ma- Ma- Maui Goa. Yep. yep. Uh, but uh, you know they step in when they're younger. But uh, those are the guys that are just like elite guys. Uh, but uh, but you know uh, we we've seen guys come in in their fourth year in the program and be much better than we thought they were going to be based on their few first few years. So um, even they're going to, you know, if they do come in, it might be later in the season. It might, you know, who knows, like they, they could be improved. These guys practice every day during the season and and they do, they play Thursday night football. Um, So they, they have a, they, they have a chance to, um, to improve. And that's something we kind of forget about. We always think like what the team has, yeah. In, in August, and we see every year guys yep. emerge, yep. Uh, things change halfway through the season. Um, so you know injuries happen, whatever. Yep. Um, and and so uh, you know we, we we often have like you know Desmond Patman wasn't the best receiver we had um, up until probably the 
maybe a USC game or, or uh, which was what the fifth fifth game of the season, right? Um, or maybe no, maybe it was a little earlier. Uh, but 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 yeah, so he he, he didn't really emerge as that until USC and then he just kind of went on a roll after that before that it was Tay Martin it seemed like he was going to have this monster season um but you know things change and throughout the season guys 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 get better sometimes guys just kind of fade maybe they, they have some nagging injury or something football is always like that um so I, I I think it's you know it's not something to be alarmed at because uh, our starting offensive line is very good, <laughs> and and, yeah. uh, and and that is something that WSU has not always had. Um, even in Leach's early early in Leach's tenure, they have not always had a good offensive line. Yeah. And 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 if and if and and you know if if Gordon has the type of pop pocket mobility that we hope that he and or Gabrud or have like 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 Minshew did, or at least something approximating it, then we'll we'll probably you know be fine. Yeah, I think the only spot that's a little bit concerning is left guard because you're plugging in uh, Robert Valencia, who, you know, will become a starter for the first time in, right. in his career. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that works out. But but I think, you know, the, the general idea is that if one offensive lineman gets hurt, you're probably like like you're like all these guys who were so bad in the in the scrimmage are not all going to be playing together in a game exactly during they, the they're all yeah what you're seeing is like they come in as a group and right and and, and but now and you know you, you just have one guy that's getting beat instead of all right. five guys right and and if you you know let's say you know valencia gets hurt or valencia maybe isn't effective or whatever and you take a guy and put him in that left guard spot well you know he's not being surrounded by second stringers now he's being flanked by you know a couple of potential all pack 12 players in liam ryan and and fred malgoa so you know it's i think that there's a little bit of a soft landing there that you know maybe there wouldn't otherwise be so i I think they'll be fine honestly i think the the thing that would probably concern me the most would be if say one of Liam Ryan or Malagoa or Abe Lucas got hurt that that would be the part yeah. that would concern me just because the drop off from them to the next person just just in terms of talent and that's nothing against you know Josh Watson or or whatever but that's mostly to say I think we I think we all sort of recognize that you know those are our three most talented guys right <clears throat> so you know, I I wouldn't want to drop from them to somebody else, but you know, I think they could probably get along fine, and I think they'd they'd be just okay. And you know, it, it's sort of the magic of what Mike Leach does with the offensive line. You know, they recruit so many damn linemen every year. They recruit um, a full set of linemen. They every recruit year. a full line every year, right? Five. And we remember linemen every we, year. We remember when Paul Wolf had six scholarship linemen yeah and so it's like you know people look at the line and go wow leach is so great at developing offensive linemen he is but some of that is just playing the numbers right like if you're if you've got 20 offensive linemen on your roster five of them should be able to play right 
right? You know, five of them should develop over the course of three or four years. I mean, that's that that should be. And then you then you hit on a guy like Andre Dillard who right. just shouldn't have, you know, or a guy like Abe Lucas, well, you can, or you can right? and you can take risks with a guy like Andre Dillard, right? For him to take time to develop, and because you see he has the athleticism, because you're 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 recruiting a bunch of other guys who are three hundred pounds and you know, or at least have the size yep. to play right away. So. Yep. Um, and that, and the next Andre Dillard's already on the roster, man. You watch, it's that uh, Fafita kid. Oh my gosh! There, there was a video of him from camp where he uh, stonewalled one of our starting defensive linemen, um, and he's he's all of two hundred and sixty-five pounds or whatever. Yeah, right yeah, now. that was a great video. Um, but he's super strong and great feet, and he's gonna be he is gonna be special. Um, he was a guy we signed, sort of. Uh, um, a surprise, like a surprise uh, commitment and signing right, right up towards signing day last year. Um, he's going to be really, really good. So yeah, I mean, you, you know, you recruit enough guys, you know, five or six of them are bound to be good. And, you know, if you've got, you know, 15 guys who never quite make it there, then, you know, that's okay. And, and you can afford to do that a little bit when you're not handing out, you know, a million scholarships, you know, to running backs or, or whatever, you know, you're, um, when you make that your foundation and recognize that you can't do anything without a line, you know, then, you know, you put a priority there and it, and it usually works out. I, I think they'll be fine. I'm not, I'm not concerned about it really. Yeah. So I just, you, you know how, uh, we, we love to, uh, pick on pro football focus because of their, Mm-hmm. They're, they're like stats that just sort of don't. nonsense stats. So uh, I just I wanted to, I wanted to share one with you from Liam Liam Ryan's uh, uh, page on uh, wcougars.com. Um, he was ranked the sixth best best passing pass blocking offensive guard in the country, which yeah that makes sense, and the second best screen blocking guard in the country by Pro Football Focus. What is that even? Second best screen blocking guard. Ooh. I don't know, but it sounds good. Oh, man. <laughs> we should have... Okay, so when the season starts... Let, let's write this down. When the season starts, we're going to have the PFF stat of the week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> PFF stat of the week oh, that we man. can totally like just make fun of. We might have, I, we might look, have, a lot have of people, Brian on to guess. Right? A lot of people like PFF, but, you know, and if you do, you know, God bless you, whatever. But You like it when uh, they say nice things about the guys you like. But it's like, you know, like our thing is always, you know, what does this even mean? (laughs) Right? You know, it's like. Like, what are you rating on a screen blocking guard? Like, there's so many different types of screens. Yeah. Um, like so, so like what does that even mean like some yep. sometimes wsu's running screens where he's just doing a regular pass block yep like so yep. i don't you know because it's kind of masked but i don't i, I don't know man yeah but and on the traditional you know, the traditional like running back screen the whole point is to not really block right and just go run out in front I you know, know i don't i don't know i mean obviously you're gonna go run out in front so maybe that's what they're gauging maybe he's maybe. Out, which i could see ryan you know he's a athletic guy but uh, just uh yeah, I just I, I always love looking at, at those things. Which you know, uh, what what would uh, what would WSU have to put on an off like even in an offensive lineman's like profile if they didn't have like random stats like that? So thank you, Profile Football Focus, for have, giving us something to point to for linemen uh, as individuals rather than just as groups. So yep. <laughs> but but yeah. ranking rankings are always cool. Rankings are great, um, whether it be number two. Or even number twenty-three. I know twenty-three. That's that's pretty cool. Second time in the last three years we've been ranked in the preseason. 
Yeah, and it, you know, it's uh, this is the Associated Press poll, by the way. Somebody, Press. somebody was confused. They were like, "I thought we were already ranked," and I was like, "That's ah, the coaches' poll." So you know, whatever. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. They both but, hey, are equally irrelevant. That well, <laughs> I mean, I guess, but you know, as we know, I mean, preseason perception has all sorts of ramifications for a team. You you tend to get the benefit of the doubt later when you've gotten the benefit of the doubt earlier. Which, of course, if you want to hear our rant on that. Yes, uh, you I don't can go know. Listen to the episode from a couple. Go, go weeks listen ago. to the episode a couple weeks ago when I think it's titled like "The Cougs Are Ranked" or something. Yeah. So just so if you want to hear our thoughts on this, basically to summarize it, it's good. Yes. Um, it there's it 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 it, it, w- it would have been benefited us last year if we were ranked um, going into the preseason. Yep. Um, so it's 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 a good thing. Uh, one uh, one one thing that's that's interesting is yeah, it's the second time in the last three years, and how many times had it ever happened before? Before the last three years? Yeah, twice. Twice. <laughs> this in is the fourth time ever. <laughs> in J- like two thousand two, Jason Gesser's senior season. Yep. Rose Bowl season, which yep. was a very you know they came off a ten win Com- season. Yep. And they, Coming off the know, Sun Bowl. Yep. And and so that's you know they were they were looking like it you know they had, they were probably ranked pretty high I don't remember probably probably top ten ish area what's that when they when they came into the season yeah yeah they were ranked eleven coming yeah. into the season yeah and then and then in nineteen was nineteen fifty two or something nineteen fifty two yep <laughs> ranked fifteenth coming into the season that's it but of before, course they finished that year unranked but you know whatever well you know same as twenty seventeen. <laughs> Sorry, Alton Kircher, Coach Alton Kircher. Uh, they famed, started the famed Cougar famed, football coach Alton Kircher. Took a 15, 15th ranked team to a four and six record. That's actually Ashton Kircher. <laughs> um, he went back in time, kind of right. just changed his name a little bit, so no one, no one would notice later. Yeah. And, I'm and coached WSC football to a I'm Larry Bernandez, like. Yeah, I don't know. That's a joke only a few Mariners fans will understand. Oh, by the way, uh, Larry's cousin Felix pitched in Tacoma oh. tonight, and I totally forgot. I didn't even go see it. But I don't know. Did you miss anything? Probably not. Probably but, but not. But hey, apparently Ichiro was there. And Might be your last chance to see Felix. Probably. I, don't, <sighs> I mean, I guess I could go to a Mariners game in September, but I probably yeah. won't. <laughs> you might not get to see him at a Mariners game in September. I don't know. Hey, well, we'll see. The, 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 the intent should be to lose. So put should Felix be. out there. Yeah, there we go. I like the way you think. Anyway, this is not Mariners talk. This, this is not Mariners talk. talk. But anyway, so um, number 23, pretty cool. Um, Super cool, man. Like for all the reasons we talked about two weeks ago, you know, it's. Well, it's, and, and, and so we have an, an example of this now from last week. Um, so and, and we're not trying to overplay this or anything, but um, Savelle Smalls, who's a. Um, a a five-star recruit from the state and and put put WSU in his final six, which never happens. Right. I mean, this is like, we're talking, this kid is a top 10 recruit in the country, not at his position overall. Like five-star, top 10 in the country, every program in the country would take this kid, including Alabama, Clemson, you know, I mean, you name it. They would take this kid, and somehow we made it into the top six. And not only are we in the top six, but he's at, he actually visited Pullman on an unofficial. He came for the Crimson and Gray game, which is just like, 
you know, the biggest thing we always talk about is, you know, if we can just get them on campus, right? If we can just get them to Pullman and show them what Pullman's like, you know, you know, they may still not pick us, but you know, they, they at least see that, wait a second, this isn't whatever, especially for the Seattle kids as someone who grew up in Seattle and was like, whatever, dude, cow pie high over there. Like, you know, and then you go and you're like, this is nothing like what I thought. Um, you know, the same thing goes for players and for him, he got over there and was like, that was actually really cool, you know? So yeah, that doesn't happen without, what we've got going on without 11 wins last year without you know being ranked before the season you know without this sense that you're joining a four years of right like it it, like you're joining a program that's going to win games you're not you're not it's not this like pitch that you can turn it around it's this pitch that you can take it to a whole different right you know at the next with you we get to go we you know we haven't gone to rose bowls with you we go to rose bowls you know that sort of thing. Um, it's a pretty awesome deal. I guess there's a, a report out there on Coog Fan that Leach told him he could play both wide receiver and linebacker. Well, you gotta do what you gotta do to land. <laughs> I mean, a, to land a kid I mean, like sure. That. <laughs> you know, I'll, hey, I'm I'm all for it. Let's go. Let's see and, what he can do. And you know, we've seen recruiting as uh, it can be a um, it can be a contagious. Uh, we, oh, we it's one hundred percent. We we see if if one big recruit will commit somewhere, you'll see yep. uh, bet, you know other maybe lesser but like more talented recruits commit to the same place because they yep. kind of they, these recruits have community, especially if you know other recruits in, in Seattle or other guys that he plays against or guys that he plays with. Like you know, you end up getting these sort of package deals, and we saw. Um, uh, uh, we we've seen WSU in the past try to pull these sort of things where they just recruit every other guy on the team and hope that the big guy will come. And um, but um, but that, that's not that's not what's happening here. Obviously, there, there's not a bunch of other guys at Kennedy Catholic or whatever that are that are. Uh, um, there, well, there but, are, but they're, are, but <laughs> but they're, they're not, not where they're, they're not, not trying where to. They're not yeah. trying to recruit them. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, um, but uh, but yeah. So it's I mean it's it's cool and and. Uh, the number 23 ranking in the preseason is a part of it maybe not it's not a direct um it's not it's not directly related but but it is it's the same sort of the same reason that you're getting ranked in the preseason at little wazoo is the same reason one of the top recruits in the country will look at you is because there's because wsu there there's it going back through wsu history there's no reason like the why were they ranked in 2017 because luke falk was coming back for a senior season that is 90 percent of the reason like why were they ranked in, in, in and because they had just won uh eight games you know they're you know people are like oh they're pretty good and, and then you know obviously in 2002 you had a senior quarterback you had a, a 10 win season before um that you know that there was just these expectations for for wsu to be good but this year you have wsu lost um, its best quarterback in recent memory, and and it lost its uh, uh, best defensive player, or probably two best defensive players, um, and uh, and so there's just you know in in, in typically in WSU history, uh, one just losing a quarterback. If there's if no one knows who the starting quarterback is, you're sure as hell not going to get oh, uh, yeah. looked at as any good nationally sure. or even regionally or whatever, you know? Um, so, but now like because of, you know, four straight year, you know, winning 39 games over four years, you know, Mike Leach, who is a proven program builder coming in and he, and, and it looks like he's already, he's already got us on that path that he had Texas tech on. And so it's like, um, so it's just you know there's some belief um, 
outside of the program, like, yeah, we can slot in Washington State, you know, that, uh, uh, as a ranked team because they've kind of at least been at that or near that. For uh, they've been WC's been ranked in each of each season at some point the last four years. So, uh, it, I mean, it, it, at, at that point, you just got to think if you're a national voter, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll put them in there and, and yeah. I won't look crazy. Like, I mean, really, what do these guys, they're just trying not to look stupid. Right. And so they, they, they apparently putting WSU in your top one. One guy put him at uh, 14, I think. Uh, uh, yeah. A guy from, I think it was, it's the South somewhere. It was like Georgia or Alabama or something. It was like, what? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah so. I mean, it is wild. It's like, you know, you get to a point where they trust your program, right? You know, I mean, we saw, we've seen this happen with Stanford. Like Stanford's ranked 25. I I don't know that there's any reason to rank Stanford 25 other than they just have won eight or nine games every year since David Shaw took over. 10 or 11. Right. Early on, yeah, early on, 10, 11, 12, the last handful of years, 9, 8, 10, you know, right in there, but never less than 8. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, they're just, if you're like, okay, betting on who's going to be there at the end of the season, you know, Stanford's a pretty good bet. That's where we've gotten to. And when people fill these things out, that's a lot of what they look at. They they just kind of go, you know, how likely is this? You know, where's where's your reputation? So they're either kind of looking at, you know, who's back and what's the recruiting class. That's sort of the Oregon formula right now, right? Right. Or they look at, okay, well, can we trust this coach and this program? And that's like the Washington thing right now, right? Where it's like, uh, you know, they're replacing their entire defense and everyone just goes, yeah, they're going to be awesome. Don't worry about it, right? It, it just doesn't even matter they, they couldn't tell you two starters on on the huskies defense this year and they're like but we know they'll be good you know and i think that's that's where we've gotten under leech which is just it's <laughs> still sort of blows blows my mind that that this is the point that we've gotten to so but well, it doesn't and, mean oh go ahead well and I'm, I'm saying now it's like i know my season tickets are coming in the mail tomorrow yeah. and it's now it's like <laughs> one of my favorite days it's just like like, cause I know, like, uh, like b- b- the games in Pullman are cool. I got, I got my, like, uh, my, uh, I have a buddy who who went to Ohio State, and he and he lives in Tacoma with me, and like, he just, he, he we were t- we were having beers on Friday, and he's like, oh, I, I really want to go to Pullman. Apparently, he has a neighbor that's a coog and um, doesn't get to go to Pullman that often. But I was like, dude, I have season tickets, man. Pick a game, we'll go. Yeah. And so he's going with me to UCLA, which is great because that game's awesome. pretty much sold out. And yeah. I think like that's going to be a lot of people's first game of the year, and and yep. uh, it'll be like great weather. The tailgate will be amazing. So I'm yep. really I'm really excited to like show off Pullman. And and then I'm in. Although I did just say last week, that's one the one of the games I'm nervous about. But but anyway, so but but yeah, like uh, I'm really excited. To to like to show it off and, and like what were you thinking like 2010 like we're like yeah come to pullman we'll get drunk and just don't look at the football field like yes yeah. that like don't the students will be gone and no one will be paying attention and whatever you know yeah uh, but now now it's like you know we feel like we're 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 a program now and and we're you know we're um top half pac 12 program it's been top fourth for the last four years and and we we see no reason for that to stop happening, and 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 uh, we may play in one of the toughest divisions in the country, but they have for the last few years, and it hasn't mattered. So let's just let's just keep <laughs> it rolling. It's it's I'm excited, man. Tomorrow I get that little booklet, and and uh, and I get to flip through it and and think about what I'm going to be doing that day, and and it's fantastic. You know what a national ranking doesn't get you? Uh, 
Well, I know what you're going to say, but I want, I want, to, be, I want <laughs> to be snarky about it. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't get you a good copy editor. Yeah, it does not get you respect from ESPN.com. <sighs> well, I'm really excited for Jalen Thompson to be yeah. man, in, man in the safety and, position. And Gage Gabrud to be our and quarterback. Gage Gabrud to be our quarterback, though. Yeah. So for people who have no idea what we're talking about, okay, so uh, so the AP poll comes out today. Uh, ESPN.com runs this uh, story on all the top 25 teams, what they need to do to make the college football playoff. Like that's that's what that, that was the premise of this, of this story. And they had uh, the teams broken out uh, with these little like capsules and they were written by the, the person who covers the conference for, for ESPN.com. Well, ESPN.com has recently shifted their PAC 12 guy to a new guy named, uh, Edward Ashoff, who uh, appears at least as near as I can tell to be a lifelong, uh, Atlantan who is much more comfortable with the sec and the ACC. And so he wrote up the little blurb on WSU and it sounds like this. Mike Leach is breaking in a new grad transfer quarterback again in Gage Gabrud, who registered more than 11,000 yards of offense and 100 touchdowns at Eastern Washington. <sighs> Running back Max Borgie is bound to have a breakout year in 2019, while Gabrud will throw to four of the Cougs' top five receiving targets from last year. The defense could be better in Tracy Clay's second year, especially with star safety Jalen Thompson returning. <sighs> Dear God. Anyway, shoring up the linebacker spots and replacing longtime leader Peyton Pluer will be tall task, but this defense could be an annoyance in November. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, like what are you doing? And so people just sort of went, you know, did, did their Twitter thing, which I try not to do much anymore, but I was just like, you know, as a journalist myself, like that sort of thing just drives me up the wall because it's like, I mean, that's just basic fact checking, right? Um, and he even said, like, he responded to somebody who who called him out on it and said, oh, these things were written weeks ago. And then somebody responded with, Jalen Thompson left two months ago. And it was like, and then he said, "It's a it, oh, it was a misunderstanding. I'm just like, it's so just you misunderstood, like. Misunderstood, ineligible. Like, you misunderstood. And then beyond the fact that, you know, and then there's there's the fact that, you know, Anthony Gordon is, is probably going to be the starter, almost certainly going to be the starter at this point. Now, not that he would necessarily be following it close enough to know that, um, but to write it so matter-of-factly that Gabrud is going to be the guy without sort of acknowledge, I mean, it's been said throughout that it was going to be a competition and, you know, to not even hedge it a little bit and say that it's probably going to be Gage Gabrud. Um, and then I also know I mean, that is kind of, the journal. Like, yeah, probably and probably seemingly most likely, you know, all these words we used to hedge. Yes. This is a journalist friend. Yes. They, they help you hedge and maintain some level of objectivity while also forwarding an opinion. Right. And so, you know, and, and it's just, you know, these things can, you know when they're coming out. So why not just do one little quick fact check to make sure everything still stands? You know, this isn't a book, right? I mean, you and I have both worked on preview magazines and preview books. And it's like, yeah, you file these things, you know, two months in advance. And, you know, you just cross your fingers that nothing's changed by the time the book comes out. I mean, you know, maybe he did write this three weeks ago, but I mean, come on, you know. So anyways. Well, yeah. And and we'll say that uh, you and I ha are familiar with the, uh, the ESPN process for so That is true. Somewhat. 
and uh, I know when I uh, when I submitted some previews for them, and then uh, for some some small college basketball teams uh, where I could, didn't have like an official roster by the time I had to submit right the thing. So it was, and you know they 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 don't pay their um, employees to work during the summer basically. So right, um, so you there's no one to even contact to be like, who the hell is this? Like exactly, like and and so you know you submit it and then you get some fan that's like, wow, what? Why? How could you say that? It's like. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm doing I, my I'm best. I'm doing my best. But, so. but see, but that's the difference, though. Because you're like, I'm sorry, I'm doing my best. And this guy was just like, cool story, bro. I um, don't really care. No, I will admit, uh, there was this uh, Kennesaw State preview. Um, so I was previewing, I believe that would be the Ace Sun. And I picked Kennesaw State to be last again. And there's a very active Kennesaw State blogger. And who who knew? <laughs> Um, the most right. prominent Kennesaw State alum I know is Jason Kirk, who is uh, WS or I mean w, for SB Nation, one of their his primary college football guys. Um, but uh, uh, other than that, there's a guy that's just hardcore blogger. They have like a great, like frequently updated blog, um, or at least they did at that point. And um, so I kind of missed that. I I, I didn't miss, but I didn't take. Uh, very seriously, um, and I probably, if I would have spent a little bit more thought on it, I would have probably taken a look. They had this transfer coming from Auburn, who was like awful at Auburn, but he was a big, and so he was like would have been big for the for their conference, and and so he was just big player, big athletic player, but he was awful at Auburn, so I didn't like pay him much attention, um, and I but probably should have kind of read the writing on the wall that he would be like a star because they had us do as predictive starters as you'll remember like predicted starters all that mm-hmm. stuff and i didn't even have him in that which um looking back yeah he he definitely was and he should have been in there and so i got into this you know i i kind of i, I definitely took the same sort of like defensive position like hey dude I, you know i i i had like 30 teams so like i like blah 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 you know like i'm, I'm just um and but then i kind of like came up with all these reasons like you know statistical reasons like yeah he's like 610 and he shot like 40 percent from twos and and like he 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 rebounded like only eight percent of the defensive up rebound opportunities when he played all that stuff and i'm like look he there's nothing telling me that he's going to be good and even though like yeah he'll probably be a starter because of his size and athleticism there's nothing telling me that he's going to be good right and it was pretty fun and like so he was because he ripped into me on his blog and everything which i felt pretty proud i was like oh espn's craig powers i was like oh cool thank you <laughs> but uh but um but uh he ripped into me on his blog and so we, we got in a back and forth but it was pretty funny that player was absolute trash I was going to say, and, did he turn out to suck? Yeah, he sucked. And I, the guy came back, <laughs> the guy, to this blogger's credit, he came back like halfway through the season. He's like, this guy sucks. Like, you were right. I'm sorry. I, I ripped it to you. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Like that, so that, that felt pretty good. But um, um, I, Jalen Thompson's not going to be playing safety, so that, could, that, yeah. that that's not coming well, back to I mean, that it's, guy. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to like make an assertion and um, – you know, like, like, like have that be bit grounded in some sort of fact. It's another thing to just like make some sort of very large factual error. Right. You know, and it's like, that's the part that's, that it's sort of frustrating and, and to not be like, yep, I screwed up. Let me fix it. It's sort of like, and then they didn't even really change the substance of it. They were just like, 
they just inserted a sentence that said, although Leach has said Gordon could be the starter in parentheses and then kept everything else about Gabrud the same. And then with Thompson, they just said the defense could be better, even though they lost Jalen Thompson. It's like, how does that even st- anyway? It's just yeah, that doesn't make sense. I don't think any of us are expecting the defense to be better. No, not now. <laughs> not I mean, now I don't like Thompson. if they're as good as last year, I feel pretty great, you know. Yeah. So anyway, it's I think it's part of um, part of the frustration. It's that Cougs versus everybody, right? That that like everybody says. And I, I don't tend to get the victim complex nearly as much as some of our other fans. Um, I mean, the name of our podcast is sort of very tongue in cheek, right? But it's like, it's just, you know, I can't argue with people at this point when they're like, we get no respect. And I'm like, you know what? It's kind of true. Like this dude, we're one of the top 25 teams in the country and this dude couldn't even be bothered for a simple Google search. You know, it's, it's so like, and I know like from when you and I wrote those previews, you know, the very first thing that you do when you're about to write about a guy, especially for us, because we were doing like small conferences and mid majors and that kind of stuff where, his name. where transfers happen all the time. Right. I would always type in the dude's name into Google just to make sure he was actually still on the team you know yeah, you like he hadn't actually transferred like, like jeff newser transferred jeff newser yeah. injury jeff New- like you like anything you could find yeah and ineligible whatever yeah. like you just find like you just had so, all these keywords it's just sloppy and careless and and then just like i said his reaction which was well you know i wrote this a while ago was just sort of like that's not that's not what a journalist should do. A journalist should strive to be accurate. And I know we, we sort of live in a different world now. And this is where I well, yeah, know, put like, on my, put on my old man shakes fists at cloud, you know, thing, but it's like, yeah, I mean, just have a little pride in your work and, you know, don't, when a fan comes off and, and these are the people who are going to be, you know, ostensibly reading you. And this is your first uh, introduction to them. And you're just like, well, your team doesn't matter enough for me to get anything right about them. I mean, he basically had four facts in there and half of them were wrong right so you know that just shows that you don't really care and you know it's hard to argue with people when they are like nobody cares about wsu we get no respect and i'm like yeah in this instance i guess you're right exactly so oh man but uh should we take um, one more commercial break? It would be sloppy and irresponsible for for us not to yeah we, we need to squeeze one in to meet our obligations here And we're back. Oh man, what a product! Little little stretch run here. We got we we are like we've been talking forever already about the Just so much to talk about. Yeah, so if you're wondering where all our like banter about everything else went, well, we it's have stuff to talk out. about now. Yeah, we have yeah, stuff like to talk about. No more I, politics. We still have stuff on the show list that I. Yeah, and plus we just had a commercial, so we got we got to give you more stuff. Um, but but uh, but yeah, so man, like like there's things that we would talk about more if if we had time to. Um, uh, one thing that comes like I, I've been wanting to talk more about in the last couple of weeks of preseason games have been happening have, have been kind of cougs in the NFL because we actually have a a lot of them now. Like especially in preseason yeah. teams, like as the program has gotten better, you have more players that go to the NFL either as drafted, which, you know, that hasn't, we haven't had too many of those, but there's been a lot of guys that have been working, making teams, um, from a, you know, from, from an undrafted position. Uh, um, one of those guys is Hercules Mata'afa, right. who, who's unfortunate, who was shockingly undrafted last year. 
um, but then um, uh, then suffered a pretty unfortunate injury to miss the entire season. But so far has looked um, has actually made some play that made the, some of the plays that we're used to seeing him make at WSU in the preseason for Minnesota and, and, and some of, uh, some, uh, Seahawk fans got to see some of that, you know, got to see him actually, um, up close on the Seahawks broadcast actually it was a national broadcast. Um, yep. but, uh, so it was cool. And, and Fox actually talked about Hercules and, and I actually didn't hear that part, but, um, uh, it, maybe you did Jeff and maybe you could uh, talk about that, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, Herc has definitely put on some weight, um, yep. he, he looks more of a part they definitely have, they have him playing on the inside. Um, but he looks more of a part, more of that part. Um, I would say he's probably around 270. I haven't looked it up, but, uh, I think that's what he's been reporting. Yeah. Is. But he's still got that, um, that, that quick first step and he still has that like ability to create leverage, um, and just straight up push his, uh, uh, blocker back into the play, um, which we've seen him. We've seen him play, and then he's also um, uh, the master at forcing a, a holding call, which he always was at WSU, and, and which yep. Pac-12 refs, refs even missed quite often. But, but yeah, like he um, he, he took that quick first step. But yeah, man, did you? Um, yeah, I'm sure you kept an eye on him uh, on uh, on um, what was that on Sunday? Um, did, yeah, you Sunday any thoughts night. On how he played? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he had much of an impact. Um, at least from what I saw, I tried to I tried to notice when he was on the field, which was most of the second and third quarters. I think, um, you know, didn't really have quarterback pressures. There were a couple of times where he's chasing ball carriers downfield and didn't look like he was quite running as hard as maybe he could. But, um, but he he certainly didn't look look terrible. You know, they had him playing on the interior, which is what, um, you know, we we sort of knew they were going to try to do. That they were they they'd sort of given up up the idea of trying to make him into a an outside linebacker they said well let's let's beef him up a little bit and have him be a, you know an interior rusher so uh played him in there again didn't didn't really stand out but um you know i'm sure he gained some valuable experience i know that uh, another guy who gained some valuable experience was gardner Minshew, who looked much better in this game than he did in the first game despite uh, apparently running for his life on just about every snap yeah um <laughs> the highlights that i saw i didn't get to watch yeah, the jacksonville's game, but, offensive line looks awful oh my goodness and, and i think that was mostly like second team guys yeah. uh second team offensive linemen that were playing in there too jacksonville seems to be doing the uh the 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 more fashionable thing these days which is to really just keep out your top guys uh from the first couple of games and just let the the twos and threes and fours and fives play yeah why why do why would this brand new quarterback who has had middling results in the nfl why would you need to have him run your offense i don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah but he also has been you know injury prone at times oh, so there you, go. Yeah. you know you, you want to maybe save that and you know with Minshew, you want to get a good long long look at him and and it well i'm you know, glad it seems, that they are they are too, yeah you know, and it know. seems like he pretty clear he made some big strides from week one to week two at least that seems to be the general consensus so, yeah, so. Week, week one Stats not impressive enough to even cite, but no. But nineteen to twenty nine, two hundred two. He he didn't lead any uh, touchdown drives, um, but uh, he definitely he played quite a bit. Um, um, his backup ran for a touchdown. That was their only touchdown. But uh, 
but yeah, um, so yeah, he he got he got to sling the ball around. Um, obviously, run for his life. Not not the best yards per attempt, but um, again, like you said, he's he's a he's he's the backup, and he's playing with a bunch of backups, and uh, it's only so good you can look in that situation. And I I think he looked pretty good, especially after the first game when uh, the biggest highlight was him getting his helmet knocked off yeah. after dropping a snap <laughs> and getting blindside hit. And so. of course, he got right up because that's what he does. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know, um so yeah, he's um he looks pretty solid to uh get that uh backup position which is means he'll get paid like an NFL player yeah. and he'll uh It's awesome. Yeah, he'll I mean honestly you can stay in the league for a long time if you're seen as a solid backup. So best job in the world. We've seen uh we've seen Luke Falk trying to trying to make a roster or at least a uh uh, a practice squad and for the Jets, and he's led some uh, some nice uh, late game drives. He be a little mobile, pretty interesting. Yeah, yep. uh, he made it in his first uh, game. Uh, uh, he kind of made a nice little rollout and uh, throw for a touchdown. He threw for another touchdown in his last start. So, um, or to uh, Deontay Burnett. So that was uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> so, uh, um. What could have been? Yeah, so if you don't know, he was a cougar commit. A cougar commit who uh, flipped to USC um, would have would have been a receiver for uh, Luke, Luke Falk. Falk yeah. Um, so it's pretty interesting they threw him a touchdown pass in, uh, for the Jets. So uh, football's weird like that, huh? Um, yes. Yeah. So uh, you know, there's so many guys, and I feel bad. Uh, you kind of focus on these big. I, I've seen some, uh, you know, I've seen some praise for Dillard and just his footwork, uh, which yeah. we knew he he was stellar at, and um, so it's it's cool to see that. Um, you know, some uh, there's just this is a lot of guys around. I think Shalom Lamani's in a tough battle to make the roster uh, with the Seahawks. Uh, you know, they, they have they have a bunch of safeties, and wherever he slots in, you know, I don't I don't know. Uh, maybe cool to see him, you know, uh, get on the roster again. But, yep, um, he might be headed for a practice squad type of situation. Um, but yeah, there's so many guys. I, I just I, I can't keep up with it at this point. <laughs> like, um, it's a lot harder than it used to be uh, when there was just like two guys in the league. <laughs> like I remember, Coog fan would always do the uh, this week in the NFL, the Cougs, and most of it was like you know Jason Hansen. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So like, as long as he was still playing. Yeah, I mean, um, one guy yeah. we haven't even mentioned yet is uh, Frankie Louvu, who appears oh, man, to be yeah. who appears to be actually putting himself in line for a, for a pretty significant role with the Jets. So made a nice tackle, um, force a fumble. Yeah, like um, he's yeah. you know ever since his uh, man the the spring football game after his junior year, right, leading into his senior year, he was a monster, just all over the field in Spokane. Just it was a, like. Yeah. Holy cow! Well, and then he was just a missile to, his senior yeah, year. Yeah, had this huge senior year. So, yeah, he's he's a guy who's playing great. Joe Dahl just signed a new contract. Yep, yep. Um, you know, he's getting some run again as as the twos are running. But I think he's pretty much looked at as kind of the number, kind of kind of the number six or seven right. uh, offensive lineman Which on the NFL. That, that guy the, plays a lot. Yeah, on the Lions. I mean, you play plenty of special teams in that role. Yep. Um, you know, There's you're, only fifty three guys on the roster. Yep, if you're yep, on it, you're going to play. Yep. 
you're, you're the first guy, uh, you know, if there's, if there's, unless an issue you're the backup line. quarterback. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you can, you can have a long career and make a pretty decent chunk of change. Um, just being that guy. So, yeah, I mean, I, we haven't reached the point yet where maybe necessarily we're putting stars into the league, uh, to, you know, right. too much, but, um, but you know, it's, it's definitely a sign of how far the program has come, uh, under Mike Lee. I mean, there are lots of signs of that, right. But, but this is definitely one of them that, you know, you're putting these guys in the league and they're, and they're sticking around, you know, Shalom Luani was, was on the Seahawks roster all last year. I mean, right. that's, you know, I mean, making a roster and staying on NFL roster is really, really, really effing hard, like really hard. And and it's a huge accomplishment just to be on an NFL roster. And, and like and like with Dahl getting a contract extension is a huge deal. Yeah, like getting a two year extension. Yep. Um, that's uh, the you know they're not giving that to a guy who they think is going to be struggling to make the roster. Yeah. So. I'm a little bummed. It seems like River Craycraft isn't getting a lot of looks at at receiver. Yeah. They're, um. Yet it seems like they've mostly got him on returns, and I I don't know what the odds are that he makes the team just as a sort of return specialist. Yeah. I, I I see. You know. You think of him as like a a sure-handed guy, but it, it it is kind of weird to think. I know he's he's always just obviously. He's he's got athleticism, but you just never thought of him as like a like a an NFL kick returner. I thought that was pretty interesting, but uh, yeah, good hands. Yeah, he's got good hands, so like you're not you know he's not going to fumble the ball on the return, right? Although um, when he against Rutgers, but um, but (laughs) (laughs) that's still still bad memories of that one. Anyway. Rest in peace, Seattle game. Not really. Rest Not in really. fire. Yeah. Burn in hell. All right, man. Um Yeah, I think I think that about covers it. I think that about covers it. I am I'm recovering from one of these summer colds that you get when you have children. Ooh. Uh so I, I have I have hit the mute button to cough a few times. As have I. Um I've been trying to get my, my workouts in on, on the old Apple Watch just by walking. Because I can't bear the thought of uh, raising my heart rate up. Yeah, well, let's see. Uh, People can email us. People Uh, can tweet us. Podcast versus everyone at gmail.com. That's the VS versus. I don't know if you thought to spell it out, then you're weird and you're not like the rest of us. It's a little true. And uh, I might want to talk to you. But but, They uh, can tweet at us. At pod versus everyone because yep. actually there's a limit on the number of characters you can have in a tweet and spelling out podcast versus everyone was too many characters it's true so um yeah that's mostly jeff um, yeah mostly he signs jn sometimes but sometimes when i want to make sure it's absolutely clear that it's me yeah he doesn't want me get to get me fired from my job or like something. when i say things like i am a proud union member yeah that'd be me yeah I, yeah you don't want to get me fired you know for no uh, no, we wouldn't want that. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, uh, you can follow me at the Craig Powers because um, I am the Craig Powers in your life. The one and only. The one and only. Um, and uh, they should review us too. Yeah, you should. Um, Please, especially on Apple. Yes, because that's where most people get them. Um, it is true. But uh, review us on whatever Overcast or Stitcher or whatever you're doing. Uh, give Spotify. us a, give us a five f- Spotify. Some of you are doing that. Um, five stars all the way. 
leave a comment you know that'd be cool uh yeah craig has a decent manner about him i definitely th- would consider um hanging out with him if he was buying me a drink like maybe something like that yeah you know um and if you put that in there um i'll know you were listening to the very end yeah. so that would be amazing and um, the, you know the nice things that you say help other people find the show and also the Coog Center Hour, both yes. shows. Um, yeah, so yeah, we have another podcast that you will get delivered to your phone if you subscribe. So subscribe, please. Subscribe. Um, we are going to be doing some fun things in the season. Um, uh, we we are hoping to have reaction and preview podcasts. Oh, and yeah, then we got also, big stuff. And then also we have Michael in the middle of the week doing his Coog Center Hour, which is a far more professionally uh, produced podcast than this. Um, bit of 90 minutes of rambling that we do. Um, but yeah, so listen to it. Listen to us both. Uh, you got time in your life. Um, That's right. Especially if you're driving to Pullman. Like, Heck what yeah. are you going to do for those four hours? What else are you going to do? Um, but uh, yeah, listen so. Listen to Coog Center Podcast. Listen to Coog Center Podcast, dude. Uh, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. But yeah, uh, so go ahead and hit subscribe. Um, if you're on your device right now, just hit subscribe. It's not that hard. Um, if you're just now finding us, I hope you like us. Hit subscribe. Next week, I'm going to remember to ask you at the start. Um, That's right. But, uh, but yeah, so. Um, <laughs> probably won't. Probably won't. Um, <laughs> what, our, our motto is we don't care. We don't. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And go kooks. Go kooks.